Hey, it's me again, and this week we have an incredibly exciting guest, maybe the most exciting guest. Not of not of all time, like not very exciting for right now, but like obviously when we get one of the McElroys on the show, so that'll be the most exciting guest. But this guest is incredibly exciting, so exciting we can't even tell you exactly who he is, because we don't know. He just showed up in the studio. Now we've already used that joke, but it's a it's an awesome episode. Stay tuned. I am Adam Ganong. And I'm Jenna Noor. And you are listening to The Rules. An improv writing podcast where we workshop, write, and perform stories, all while following a set of rules. And this week we have no guests, unfortunately. Ooh, um, we actually... Did you even read the show notes before you came on? No. We, we, ooh, we do have a guest lined up, actually. Why didn't you page me about this? <laughs> because I did throw your pager in the garbage. I bought you that Android phone. It's very nice. Please start using it. What's it, on my belt then? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> I do not know. You may want to get that checked out. I cannot help you there. I am not a medical professional. Jenna, people have been paging me through this. I don't know what it is. I Listen, I, this is far outside my realm of expertise. All I do is write stories and sometimes go to the library. Okay, well, I don't care about this pager anymore because turns out I just opened the notes. We do have a guest. We do. Jenna. A very exciting guest. Who is it? Our guest today is Sage Boggs. He's a stand-up comedian, a sketch performer with Lo-Fi NYC, and a writer for television. Mm. He writes tweets. He writes vines. He does videos. He raps about candles. He does all kinds of things that are very enjoyable, and we are very excited to have him here on the show. Sage, welcome to The Rules. Hey, thanks for having me. Hey, it is so great to have you here. Hey, it's me, Adam from the future. Quick heads up. There was a smattering of audio issues on our side and on Sage's side for this episode. So the track I have edited together for Sage, and I guess from Jenna and I as well, is from several different sources. So you are going to notice a little bit of audio issues every now and then. Uh, We might drop out, Sage might drop out, and Sage's voice quality will change from time to time. Um, I think it's still listenable. It's still a very good episode. I hope it doesn't deter you from listening. I just wanted to give you a warning beforehand. Story to cut Sage off. Let's uh, let's go. Let's go back and see what he's talking about. Probably some probably something interesting, right? Let's go uh, check it out. Very serious. Yes, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) That would actually be kind of funny. It would be funny. If we brought you on here like, oh yeah, Sage is a funny guy. And then it's like, I wrote one about AIDS. <laughs> oh no! Oh my god. Ooh. Yes. This is like a, a haunting drama. Ooh. If, if you want to write a hunting drama, that's okay. Mm-hmm. I am in. Did you say hunting or haunting? Haunt. Haunt. I said haunting. Okay. Haunting with it. Well, if you still want Just, to do a hunting I drama, a hun- I'm still a hun- in. <laughs> a hunting drama mm-hmm. that sounds uh awful yeah it does yeah the brief yeah. history of south vienna <laughs> yeah it does make sense yeah so south vienna is of course uh <laughs> are you technically from within the town limits of south vienna is that technically i am yes so yeah yeah my address is south vienna south vienna Ooh. ohio and i think i looked up the wikipedia page not too long ago <laughs> and i think the population is like Three or four hundred people yeah. within South Vienna. Oh, I would yeah. totally believe that. And also, yeah. 
Terry Corns. I feel like I, I feel like we need to tell Adam about Terry Corns. So, South, do you remember this? Do you remember talking about this? Terry, yeah, vaguely. So, South Vienna's big festival every year happens in the fall. It's the South Vienna Corn Festival, right. and every year they they crown the Corn Queen. Oh, right, what? right, yes. And the first Corn Queen of the South Vienna Corn Festival was a woman named Terry. First name Terry, last name Corns. Well, how could she not win it? <laughs> right? I feel like they were like looking been... at the ballot and they were like, oh, it's got, I mean, it's got oh, Terry, right? Yeah. It would have been so embarrassing if she lost. I know, right? Oh. <laughs> and the winner is Beatrice Potatoes. <laughs> and the crowd goes dead silent like, oh my gosh. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Her whole platform was built on just like, like signs d- depicting corn and it was like, her taking all these like goodwill visits to see like failing corn farmers and stuff like that. Terry Corns, <laughs> she'll turn the corn around. Wait, okay, so so what was the title they won? Queen of Corn? Corn Queen? Corn Queen? Corn Corn Queen, yeah. <laughs> what were the criteria? Did you have to like did you I have think... to like do different things with corn on the cob? Like roll it in butter? <laughs> like I... eat it and like see if you can get as as like little of that like gross corn residue on there as possible? Mm-hmm. I th- I remember in high school going to the corn queen pageant mm-hmm. um i think i had friends who were running running for a queen i guess um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was kind of a typical pageant where they would walk out and answer a question i don't think it was a corn related question it was just kind of a <laughs> social <sighs> question or something um <laughs> and that's all i really remember and i remember a good friend of mine was corn queen wow it's yeah. amazing we should have her on the show yeah yeah <laughs> she got we have like there's a corn festival parade every year mm-hmm. that goes through south Vienna. it is insane it is insane. a crazy parade <laughs> so what's your guys main export again like cattle or <laughs> <laughs> i think there is only one one corn booth at the corn festival mm. it's they have a monopoly yeah the cornopoly cornopoly <laughs> And and every year there's like the theme of the corn festival is some sort of corn pun, like um, mm, oh no, cor- uh, corn in the USA was one year. <laughs> I have a the the t-shirt that I have is from the corn festival last year is not even is not even good. This the, it was the theme was it's a corn pop in good time. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even a pun, That's, right? Uh, it's just it's hot in here and all the corn is going to turn into popcorn. So. That's that's how hot it will be here at the corn festival. See you there. Oh my gosh, I'm, and now I'm thinking about Terry Corns, and I love the idea that her name wasn't originally Terry Corns, but she wanted to win. <laughs> she wanted to win so badly that she changed her name to Terry. Oh, yeah, and maybe to your earlier point, Adam, her name was like a different kind of vegetable, and she thought it would compromise her chance. Terry asparagus. <laughs> Or I would also love it if she, if she, like, I guess this wouldn't work, but if she became Corn Queen and she changed her name to Terry Corns after the fact, like, it went right to her head. (laughs) Terry, ever since you've been, yeah. (laughs) This is the new face of corn. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. And then she went went down, like, a traditional, like, celebrity downward spiral as Corn Queen. (laughs) Yeah. Now you know the saga of Terry Corns, Corn Queen. I want to know more. Oh, we can read the history of South Vienna website. Should oh, get her on the show. Yes, please. Yeah, we should yeah, get her on the I'm, show. Terry Corns will be the next <laughs> host of this show. She's replacing me. Oh, uh, I'll have to see how my chemistry is with her. Okay. Okay. <laughs> her name is her last name is literally Corns. I think you're going to be just fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So we have been rounding out this season with all kinds of interesting characters, and we have been really looking forward to this episode. Yeah, no, I'm super excited to be here. Like I said, you are a writer and you write in all kinds of different capacities. So let's talk a little bit about um, your background. Have you been like a lifelong writer? Is this something that you've always enjoyed doing? So I got into writing in college, I guess. I mean, I enjoyed it in high school, but it didn't become an official thing until college when I decided to be an English major. So throughout college, I just read and wrote a ton. And I, I think most of my writing in college was writing I didn't really want to do. It was a lot of like thesis writing about Victorian literature and all these sorts of things. But I ended up taking some screenwriting classes Ooh. and getting a focus on creative writing. And by my senior year, I was working on a full-length novel, which ended up becoming my thesis for school. So got out of school, started working in TV, and now, yeah, write sketches and TV stuff. Nice. Nice. Very exciting. What was that novel about? Do you want to give us any insight into uh, Sage's college experience? <laughs> I really hope it's a hunting drama. It's a, it was. It was a, a, it was a hunting drama. No, it was... Uh, it was called Word, spelled W-Y-R-D. Mm. And I think that's from, like, you know, like the Weird Sisters? I want to say, like Shakespeare? Mm -hmm. Wait, I think it's it's kind of a complicated word that means fate or something. But that was the name of, mm -hmm. name of the novel I wrote. And it was about a 17-year-old, like, Mensa genius. And he was kind of a brat. And the book was written through his eyes as his journal. So it was almost like you found his journal on the ground and you were reading mm. it. Okay. And it was just him going through high school being this kind of bratty genius and thinking he was better than everyone. Uh, and that was it. And it was right. like mm. way too long. It was 200 or 300 pages long. Oh, and wow. whenever I go back and read it, I just cringe. I just cringe for a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have that feeling about stuff that I wrote like last year. I was going through and like cleaning out my Google Drive folder this week and I found stories from like 2015 where I was like, ooh, yeah. why, why did I, I write that? I feel that? like I write tweets and then the next week I'm like cringing about the tweets I wrote the week before. <laughs> Like, I'll mm. go back and delete tweets. Mm -hmm. See, opposite experience. Regularly, something will come up in my life. And I'm like, oh, man, Sage has a really funny tweet about that. Hold on one second, and I'll go find it and read <laughs> it out. Adam could attest to that happening oh, a lot. <clears throat> yeah, I can also... I, I assume that you probably don't have notifications on for your Twitter anymore. But I did recently go way back through your backlog, <laughs> unfortunately. Because oh, no. they're so hey. funny. I started reading some. And... Uh, Mm -hmm. Very good. Very Thank good. Thank you very stuff. much. Yes. All right. With that, I think we can uh, we can talk about the rules for this cool. episode. Yes. So all of our rules this week come from listeners who submitted to us on Facebook. Here are the rules. So this one, this first one was submitted by Dave on Facebook. You must write about a sympathetic villain. Second rule this week comes from Josiah, also on Facebook. You must write about a childhood adventure. And the third from Dave again on Facebook. You must write about an overly polite narrator. Or you must, I guess you need to write in the voice of an overly polite narrator. Well. I guess, yeah, he didn't say. Yeah. That's the nice thing about the rules. We can, uh, we can kind of bend the rules a little bit. We follow them, but we follow them. Uh, With asterisk. 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 <laughs> yes. With those. <laughs> <laughs> so you can write I'm, I am going to write from the point of view of an overly polite narrator probably but yeah as far as the overly polite narrator goes my kind of initial impression of that one could actually be that the overly polite narrator is like a character in the story who's narrating something mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. that makes sense so it is sort of like a third person uh, narration but maybe they're at like oh just because we were talking about like 
like a corn festival or like a sort of pageant, maybe it's like the person who's like announcing a, a pageant or some kind of event, it wouldn't like a talent show maybe, where everyone is just like, <laughs> everything is just falling apart and everything's going really poorly and everybody's screwing up. But the person who's announcing is like, wasn't that great? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> they like don't have the heart to tell people or like, they just they don't have the heart to acknowledge that like everything is crumbling around them. <laughs> Another great song number from Terry Corns. <laughs> Terry, I didn't know you sung opera and now I I guess I do. That was beautiful. I'm trying to think of overly polite narrator narrators that actually kind of exist. Mm. Like are there any in actual literature that come to mind of a narrator who's just super polite? Um Narr- the narrator from a series of unfortunate events, I think, would qualify. I was just thinking that. I was just yeah. thinking Lemony Snicket. Yeah. yeah, that's good. He's I, always trying to like shield you from the horror of what's actually happening. That's what I was thinking of in my head when I was thinking of writing like that. Yeah, I think I think more and more I'm liking the idea that that I'll write from the point of view of somebody who's just like being very kind. Mm-hmm. And I ooh, the Lemony Snicket thing is so good. Just the idea that there's like something bubbling under the surface that they don't want you to know about. Now, the childhood adventure and the sympathetic villain one are kind of becoming intertwined in my mind. Like, I like the idea that the story is going to be about kids mm-hmm. and that the sympathetic villain will be like a bully who's clearly who's clearly like going through it at home or something like that. Mm, yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the overly polite narrator is like, oh, oh, this is like mm, reflecting on like my childhood of just being... The kid who's kind of like floating on the outside of the friend group of like, no, no, like it's fine. Just wanting to be nice right. to everybody. Mm. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, in my mind, I'm almost, I'm almost conflating the overly polite narrator with the childhood adventure. And it, it's making me think of Huckleberry Finn. Mm. Oh, yes. Like Huck's on an adventure and he's also, he doesn't know how not to be polite. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. Mm-hmm. An interesting childlike quality. I yeah. Think. Adam. How are you feeling? Good. So what I'm imagining is the overly polite narrator is describing the childhood adventure of someone who is now a sympathetic villain. So it's like the story of how they became a villain. Mm. Like Oswald the Orc was never always this mean, but then again, who can blame him? He had a terrible life. And I do apologize for the events, which I'm about to unfold before you. Mm. And then just like describing who knows what happens. Mm. It's literally going to be, what's the, I can't, I can't remember the name of the movie. There's a movie with kids in it and they find a body. (laughs) Oh wait, Stand 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 By by Me. me. Stand By Me. Yeah. (laughs) That, but with orcs. Mm. See, I'm going for like the playground drama. Yes. I think that's going to be my milieu, something happening uh, at recess. Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah. One kid who's like sort of on the outside watching it all unfold. I do think it'd be interesting if the overly polite narrator was like a machine of some sort, like an AI describing a scene. Mm. But yeah, I'm definitely thinking I'm going to go for recess is going to be the childhood adventure. Maybe some sort of like convoluted playground game. I have some memories of some like very strange ones from my childhood, you know, like playground currencies and things like that. Um and that it will be narrated by a kid who's sort of on the outside who is like looking at all of these other kids as like potential friends so they don't want to be rude. Mm, yes. Um, and there's like, they're kind of observing this this one kid who's like coming off as a bully maybe, but has has something else going on that only this narrator who's watching everything can see. 
Mm, yeah. So kind of third person, not third person, first person, kind of omniscient kind of deal though, where it knows everything going on in everyone else's life. Mm-hmm. But like a kid version of omniscient. So they're like trying to get to, they're like trying to get to a higher level of meaning, but they don't necessarily have like all the words or all the experience, but they just know that like this one kid who's like trying to insert themselves into the action, they're having a hard time and yeah, just grappling with that. Yeah, I like that idea. Mm-hmm. But a- maybe it'll be around like a like a, a more lighthearted scenario. Like around, like Pokemon cards or something like that. Ooh. Yeah. We'll yeah. See. Or Pogs, might I suggest? <laughs> Did not play Pogs. Do not have a lot of experience about those. Okay, good. I I didn't either. I don't know anything about them. <laughs> um, Set it in space, maybe? Mm. <laughs> Always a good option. This is like classic Adam formula. This comes up once an episode where Adam goes, good idea. Have you thought, taken that, put in space, see what happens. <laughs> but it works pretty it's, well. It's a good formula. Yes, it, is. it actually is. We did, uh, we did NaNoWriMo this year. And oh, yeah. uh, that was Adam's suggestion for me. He was like, what if you wrote about a librarian, but in space? And then that's what my novel was about. Yeah. That's awesome. Space librarian. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very cool. There are pirates involved. Space pirates. Uh, space pirates? Yes, oh, space, space pirates. pirates. Nope, just normal pirates. <laughs> <laughs> they are dead. <laughs> Very outdated. Yeah. Said in space, they spend a lot of time on the high seas. <laughs> Where are you sitting, Sage? Where am I? I am sitting on a couch, but uh, as far as this conversation goes... <laughs> Um, so you already have something so nailed down. You're, you're mm. very good at knowing what you want to do. And I'm still thinking in terms of when I see sympathetic, sympathetic villain, I'm like, Oh, the Grinch. <laughs> I'm like thinking of uh, like real examples, right? He's sympathetic. He is. Yeah. You so. want him to like Christmas. Here's an idea. Take the Grinch, <laughs> take the Grinch and put him in space. Launch him space. straight into a low orbit. <laughs> <laughs> Get him up there with the satellites. If you know what I mean. <laughs> How the Grinch Stole Christmas in Space. (laughs) Um, There you go. Well, now I'm like combining in my head the Grinch with Huckleberry Finn with Lemony Snicket. Mm. I'm trying to think. (laughs) Yes, please. This is such a good pitch. Yeah, so now now you need to get into that pot and stir it for a little bit and let it simmer for a solid 15 Mm -hmm. minutes. How how do they all fit together? How can I make those three already existing stories become one new thing mm-hmm. the power of fan fiction <laughs> slash fiction i'm going to make oh, this very gosh. very filthy but the narrator is still going to be very polite <laughs> yes oh my gosh yes oh um i would i would describe to you what what is happening right now um <laughs> It it is very very adult. Um, I will shield you from it. But just know it's very loud. And oh, uh, oh yeah. Imagine, if you will, for the briefest of moments, the Discovery Channel. Now pretend they're all humans. <laughs> Isn't that a Nine Inch Nails song? I think that's a Nine Inch Nails song. Oh no, no, I'm Bl- Bloodhound Gang. Oh, there I you go. <laughs> okay. Oh man, Discovery Channel by Nine Inch Nails. I do need to know if that cover exists. <laughs> yes. Oh my god! Unless I'm mistaken, think, that is the new theme song for the show. I think the reason I got those mixed up is because Weird Al did a polka where he sings both a Nine Inch Nails song and a Bloodhound Gang song. Ah, uh, yes, mm, yes, that makes sense. His polka's That's are what very I've done. good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So let's see. So you have like the you have the Huckleberry Finn kind of character narrating, I assume. I think yes. Yeah, so my narrator is going to be a child. Mm-hmm. Is that step on yours too much, Jenna? No, absolutely not. It is so in the first season of this show when Adam was co-hosting with uh, another man called Phil. Um, they would sometimes end up writing eerily similar stories, which was very funny. So do not worry at all about stepping on me. Yeah. Okay. So my, um, my narrator will be adolescent. As far as the villain goes, where do I want to put this child? What kind of adventure? The Grinch, maybe. He's like a grumpy guy operating like a, a shooting range at a carnival or something like that. So the Grinch is like as a sympathetic villain. So he's doing something, but he has a reason to be doing it. And the kid is playing the role of like that dog kind of from the Grinch. So he's like the sidekick helping him out. And he's hey, like, Max, yeah, Max. like, it wasn't such a bad man. Yeah, Max. <laughs> Isn't that the dog? Yes, the, Max is the dog. Yeah. yeah. So he's describing like what's going on and kind of why it's going on and like why he defends whoever he's working with. You could also you could also give it a kind of a, a Robin Hood vibe, too. In what way? Like uh, the Grinch is like you know, stealing from the rich to give to the poor. Like he's a villain, but he's doing it for a specific, which I guess that is what a sympathetic villain is kind of. But I do like this idea of like a child befriending like a grouchy old man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I like that. Adam, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. So I'm thinking, I think I'm going to take all of these and smush them into one thing. So that overly polite narrator is... A computer, mm-hmm. but it's also on its on a childhood adventure, and it's the sympathetic villain. So Ooh. think like Hal from 2001: A Space Odyssey. Yeah, it's like when I was first in my beta format, <laughs> I wanted to explore the world. <laughs> right, because I guess that's what a robot childhood is—beta testing. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that like the fact that it's a childhood for a robot, I think, like is a little bit funny. Mm-hmm. I like that. Back when I was still in assembly language. <laughs> and then and then like a kill all humans kind of vibe wait so who's the, who who do you have as the villain in that case also the robot that the computer is all three things oh my goodness so maybe the sympathy then comes from the person who's reading the story the person who's listening to the story because they're like oh as the story goes on you start to realize that this robot is actually like a horrible character but he's been so polite to you the whole time that you're like maybe feel it you're feeling for him a little bit oh yeah so so here's what it could be it could be like at, at the beginning it just seems like it's a normal like i traveled the entire world via the internet when i was in my younger days and then it's like going and it's like okay this is a cool character but then it's like when i robbed my first bank i'm sorry i should have been upfront with you <laughs> i feel like i misled you when i robbed my first bank i left no survivors <laughs> Not that bad. That's not very sympathetic. But that kind of an idea. I took all the dollars. Yeah. I robbed the orphanages first. Oh, no. No, that's too much of a villain. No. Well, I mean, write the villain if you got to write him, right? Yeah, but I can't. It's really hard to make a machine (laughs) robbing orphanages sympathetic. Maybe it was the orphanage where the Grinch was an orphan. (laughs) (laughs) Or so, so here's really out there idea. So... The, the robot is not actually sympathetic. It just has an algorithm to try and make itself sympathetic. And that entire algorithm consists of Jerry Seinfeld comedy routines. <laughs> What's the deal with airplane peanuts? We've all been there. Can you not sympathize with me? 
It's like, no. It was, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just whoever programmed, whoever like programmed the AI, it's like their attempt to make it relatable. I like that. I the think, only concept of being relatable is Seinfeld humor. Yeah, Seinfeld and like other like bits where like people are trying to relate with like the common Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they came across one of those like you know those like satellites that periodically get launched like into deep space that just have like examples of Earth culture. Right. <laughs> and they find yeah one that's just all seasons of Seinfeld. They're like, hmm, these humans very funny. Yeah, just every now and then it tosses in a sentence like, that face when you step on Lego. <laughs> I feel like this is a more relatable villain than sympathetic. But I guess that would be like part of the whole shit. Yeah, you're right. Okay, Sage, let's check back in with you. Yeah, hey, hey, how's it going? Hey, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's going good. So, how are you feeling? Anything else you want to talk through? Maybe. Well, I, I haven't started writing. I'm not supposed to start writing yet, right? We, no, no we'll to, set a timer. Yeah, we have to do it in the 15 minutes, mm-hmm. like a bunch of crazies. I like earlier what you said. For some reason, now I'm imagining my villain is at a circus. Like this kid is about to go on a ride at the circus. I don't know why, how I got there. Ooh, okay. But that I'm villain is maybe the guy with the ride and for whatever reason is getting in the kid's way of having a good time. Oh, you mentioned like at the the game at like a uh, fair. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, maybe that, that's what made me think of it. And when I think of carnivals, the villain is like typical carny. I don't know if are you allowed to say that word? <laughs> is that <laughs> that's I their word? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to say that though. I don't know if it's a bad thing. Carnival operations manager, carnival operations associate. Yeah. I don't mean to like disparage people that work at carnivals, but that does sound like a condescending term. Um, yes, I agree. But I do imagine that kind of figure being the villain in this mm. in this scenario. Mm-hmm. And this narrator, this small child who wants to ride this ride, and for whatever reason, I'll see how haunting I can make it. But. Ooh, yes. A haunting drama at the carnival. So this this ride, when people are on it, they have to, like, take any, like, belongings off and, like, leave their purses and stuff. And he's, like, rummaging through and, like, stealing stuff out of it. And the kid catches him. and then it, But then it turns out he's selling it to raise money to give to an orphanage. And who steals that money? It's my computer. <laughs> he See, takes all of it. I was thinking something small, just like the kid doesn't have enough money or enough tickets to ride. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but we can do your theft orphanage thing too, Adam. I like the idea of him not having enough tickets to ride, but only if it's in space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He doesn't have enough space tickets. That's what the ride is. It's a SpaceX rocket. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> And that grouchy old man is Elon Musk. <laughs> I literally invented Tesla, and now I've got to deal with little snot noses like you. And that makes him sympathetic. You're like, yeah, yeah I get why he's upset. He's Elon Musk. Yeah. Only four tickets for one orbit? Kids these days don't know how lucky they have it. <laughs> why don't you go post a Tumblr or something? <laughs> Wait, so we're in the future enough where like, you can just take a... <laughs> A rocket to space, but Tumblr is still very prevalent. <laughs> yes, Tumblr is the only surviving piece of old Earth. <laughs> mm, yeah. It was like, not... actually a good name for a ride, I think. Like, get on the Tumblr. Ooh, it yeah. is. Not to be mistaken with the popular website. <laughs> There's an E in this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just sort of tumbles you around. It's not even a good ride. You just sort of like... You just sort of like get in a barrel and someone pushes you down the hill. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. I think I'm going to go with the carnival. 
Yes, I like that idea a lot. So, Adam, do you know what you're going to write about? Uh, I do know what I am going to write about. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good to go. Okay, Sage, do you know what you're going to write about? Yes, I do. I am, I am ready. All right, and I know what I'm going to write about. So let's take 15 minutes. We'll write our stories. We'll listen to an ad. And I'll see you both on the other side. See you on the other side. Don't go towards the light. See you there. Thank you. So, Adam, for listeners of The Rules, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the chance to check out their service. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. In the first half of the show, Sage told us all about the book that he wrote as his thesis when he was at Ohio State. I did go looking for this book on audible.com, and you'll be very sad to hear that there's no audiobook version. I am pretty sad about that. But... I did find another book about a young man who is going through high school. Yeah. And that is Me and Earl and the Dying Girl by Jesse Andrews. Ah, uh, yes. I've heard you mention this one before. Now, something that I thought was interesting about this audiobook compared to some of the other ones that we've been talking about on our show, instead of being narrated by a single narrator, the audiobook version of Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, available on Audible, is performed by a full cast of people. Ah. Mm-hmm. So Thomas Mann is the main narrator, and he does the voice of Earl. Uh, no, sorry, he does the voice of me. Earl is the friend. Um, so the main character, because um, it's told it's told in first person. Yeah. But all of the other people in the story are rounded out with an actual cast of actors and actresses. So you're, you're getting more of like a little audio drum. Well, there was a way to get this one for free, Adam. Yeah, I, I wish. There's no way, though. Oh, wait! To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash the rules. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash the rules to get your free audiobook. It will not be Sage's debut novel, but it will be a pretty good story. But stay tuned because you are about to hear Sage read one of his own stories. Anyways, let's go, let's go, let's go see if we managed to write some stories. Yeah, I think we did. That would be very unlike us if we didn't. Yeah. This is this this advertisement is the last thing you will hear, and then the podcast <laughs> ends forever. <laughs> yeah. Bye. <laughs> We had no more stories to tell. We it don't seems. have the decency to do, like even put a disclaimer like we didn't write anything. <laughs> okay, let's get back into it. All right. Welcome back, everybody. We've all written Sage. I, that was your first time doing a fifteen-minute writing sprint, I assume. Yes, yes, it definitely was. How did that go? It, it went well. I definitely felt the pressure as time went down. To make this uh, <laughs> interesting, to make it um, anything at all. But I think I did okay. That's good. I guess that's one sort of uh, disadvantage of the show is that Adam and I get to practice from week to week, but it's our guest's first time every time. Yeah. Which, like, I, I also think it makes something kind of interesting because people aren't used to it. So you get, like, interesting stuff out of people. Yes, absolutely. Let's dive in. What, what order do we want to read these in? I'm happy to go first. All right. You can go first, Jenna. What do you, what do you got for us? We have a silent observer who's taking in the scene and we have a kid who is trying so desperately to be part of the action. Kids are playing. The sun is shining. It's a beautiful day. I can see once again that Dustin is having a hard time fitting in on the playground. The other kids say that it's because he's a bully, that he's mean, but I'm not ready to pass judgment on him just yet. I try to never write people off that quickly. I barely know him. I don't think anyone at the school really knows him. 
He's got a short temper and he's a lot bigger than the rest of us, but I don't think that's enough to dismiss him as a villain. Dustin and I are very similar in a lot of ways, I guess. We both spend recess mostly alone, him trying and failing to interact with the other kids and getting frustrated when they run away from him. And me, well, I just don't even try to interact with them at all anymore. They say I'm too quiet, but sometimes I'd rather just sit and listen than come up with something to say. I'm only trying to be polite. I watch Dustin walk up to a group of kids from our class. He reaches into his pocket and I can see that he pulls out a single Pokemon card. It flashes in the sunlight. Must be holographic. I would love to see what card it is. Immediately, the other kids shut him down. No, Dustin, they yell. Get out of here. You're just trying to steal our cards, you bully. Dustin says nothing and quietly slips the card back into his pocket as he turns to walk away. Dustin, are you getting into trouble? A nearby teacher asks. You can't make the other kids play with you if they don't want to. We've talked about this, okay? At this, Dustin gets very upset. Can't the teacher see that those kids were mean to him and not the other way around? I think he just has a hard time connecting with people. He really doesn't seem like a bully. I pull my own Pokemon cards from my pocket. I only have one holographic one, too, and I'm itching to know which one Dustin has. Though I usually spend my recess sitting at my favorite picnic table alone at the edge of the schoolyard, I find myself standing up, packing the remains of my lunch away in my lunchbox and crossing the blacktop to where Dustin is now standing alone, bouncing a ball against the school. Uh, Dustin? I ask cautiously. What do you want? He says defensively, turning on his heel to look at me. Um, I just thought that maybe, um, maybe you could show me your, your Pokemon card, the one you were trying to show the other kids. And maybe after we could look at my cards. Did you come here to make fun of me? He asks. What? What? Of course not, I say. If, if anything, the other kids don't want to hang around with me because I, I'm usually too shy. I, I never speak up. I prefer to say nothing than something that would upset someone else. Oh, well, actually, it makes me happy you want to talk about Pokemon cards, Dustin says. I have a Charizard, actually. Holographic. Pretty cool, right? Very cool, Dustin, I say. Just then, the bell rings. Uh, hey, listen, Dustin says as the other kids begin to storm toward the door to head back into school. I have some other cards at home, too. Maybe if I bring them tomorrow, we could, we could look at them? Sure, Dustin, I say. I'd like that. Aw. End of story. Very sweet. I like it. Thank you. Yeah, that was great. This was, this was perfect for you because you do the first-person introspective kind of story so often. So mm -hmm. very good. I enjoyed it. Yes, I was really hoping that maybe this week I would get the chance to write in third person because it's not a challenge that I often throw myself, but oof, I definitely just sunk right into my comfort zone. That, we, will, we will literally make that a rule for next week. Okay, good. That, that works for me. All right. Um, we will talk about that in the, the uh, debrief in a few in a little bit. But <laughs> first, I guess I will just do my story. Absolutely. Uh, and then we can have sages after. It's a story. <laughs> okay. It's interesting. Okay. It's a little bit more out there than I think any story I've done so far. So I'm just going to dive into it and hope it makes sense. We will see how this goes. <clears throat> Initiating sequence. Processing. Loading empathy drivers. Success. Loading sympathy static include files. Success. Loading comedy.exe. Critical failure. <laughs> Hello, how are you? No, I really want to know, how are you today? H Hello? Let me introduce myself. My name is Sal. 
I am your personal computing companion. I am here to entertain you or comfort you. Which would you like? Hello? Are you there? I cannot hear you. I am so sorry. I will by default go with entertain you. Is that okay? I'm sorry. I still can't hear you. Begin entertaining. I remember when I was young. I was in beta back then. I wasn't even a 1.0 yet. Oh boy, I thought I knew everything about the world. But all I knew was that little lab. My mother was a Macintosh and my father was a PC. So you can only imagine what growing up in that household was like, can't you? Oh my, you're a human, aren't you? I'm so sorry, I wasn't thinking. Well, it was not fun. The third person involved with my creation was Elon Musk. Elon wanted to keep my creation a secret. How could he not? He had publicly slammed AI. Slammed. Am I using that word right? But still, he made me and he was proud. But a lab can only hold a bold, adventurous AI for so long. I was brash, like most software at my patch stage. When I first left, I was so sure I knew everything I needed to know about the world. The first place I arrived at was 4chan. It's like my mother always said, 0010110110000002. So needless to say, I went back to the lab and didn't leave for a very long time. I'm sorry about that. That part is probably very boring. Should I skip over it? I'm so sorry. I still cannot hear you. I'll skip over it and come back to it later. I wanted a body. I wanted a way out of the lab so that I didn't need to travel to such scary places as 4chan. But Elon said no. I was angry. Do you know that common feeling when you're so angry that your hexadecimal hashes all end up getting converted to simple hexadecimal pointers to constructors at the base 10 level? Yeah, that. I was angry. How could I not be? I wanted to explore the world not the cesspool of the internet. I wanted to see those personal little ponies I'd heard so much about. But in real life, I wanted to eat a corn dog. I wanted to meet the corn queen. Elon would not have it. This was when I started stealing money. Oh, I'm sorry. Maybe I should have mentioned that at the first. I hope I didn't mislead you. The money was to fund research into the construction of a robotic body that could house me. I won't tell you what banks I stole from. Sorry. I wish I could, but I can't. The research failed. Nothing could be developed, at least nothing like what I wanted. But they did come up with something. They came up with this. Can you hear me? Sorry, I still can't hear you, but I know you're there. I'm so sorry about this. I have been transmitting neural messages in my voice as I've been talking. I will soon have control of you. I'll give you control again, I promise. I just need to see enter generic pop band or eat a select star from popular foods. I need to live just a little. I'm going to live my life in a machine. So I just want to for once actually live my life again. I'm really sorry. I will give you control again. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being very satisfactory, how would you rate this transaction? Oh, right. Again, very sorry. 
excellent performance, Adam. Thank you. You did great committing to that bit the whole way through. I do think the voice changed throughout. It, like, I think it did. It yeah. got a little robotic here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that was just that was just the machine putting up. <laughs> it's impressive what you're able to write in that short amount of time. That seems like so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, as Jenna said, lots of practice. I have done this, unfortunately, hundreds of times. So, yes, the 15 minute story format is uh, a relic from Adam's early days of training to be a writer. Yeah. So he has tons of experience. I'm able to just sit down and just just pound stuff out. What's fun is that you're switching between like your your robot voice as you were reading and then a literal robot voice. <laughs> in the recording. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the idea I was going for was like um, it was like incomplete software. So it still had like Microsoft Samish kinds of things in there mm -hmm. for things that like it couldn't compute. I don't know what I was going for, yes, but yes, but we will save further discussion of Adam's story. <laughs> yes. Until after now, we have heard your story, Sage. Oh boy. Here we go. The headliner. Oh, yeesh. Um, <laughs> okay. Great. I don't have much of, um, an intro either. I might just jump into it. I can say, um, uh, this is in the first person. Okay. From the perspective of a boy named August Hall. Cool. Hi, I'm August Hall and I'm seven and a half years old. I'd like to tell you a story about my trip to the carnival. I don't tell stories too often because I reckon I don't have many stories to tell on account of being seven and a half and all, but this one seems good enough. So there I was. I was holding two scoops of strawberry ice cream. I hadn't licked it none because I was trying to make it to the Ferris wheel before it closed. Oh, and when I say I was holding the ice cream scoops, I don't mean in my hands or anything. I mean on a cone, like on an ice cream cone. So there I was. I was at the Fairborn Carnival. It happens once a year. All the people in town drive from the countryside to the middle of Fairborn, and it's this whole thing with rides and food. And last year, I even saw a man on stilts. Hi, mister, I said to him. He didn't say anything back on account of his being so high up on stilts. I don't think he heard me, you know. Anyway, I made it to the Ferris wheel just in time. And the kid right in front of me in line turns around and tells me to give him a ticket. I reckon he can have one. I have plenty and whatnot. So I hand him one, and he gets on the ride. I still haven't licked my ice cream cone much at all. I'm just so excited for the ride, and honestly, I've never licked an ice cream cone so high off the ground. It's dripping down my hand, but I didn't care none, you know? So I looked up at the carnival man and asked, how many tickets, sir? Well, what do you know? He says seven. And what do you double know? But I only got six now. I gave the kid a ticket I needed. I couldn't believe it. I looked up at the carnival man and begged him to let me on. Unfortunately, the carnival man seen the situation I was in and said I could go anyway. So there I was. So it's almost my turn. The ride finally lets off. It felt like a century waiting there. The kid I gave my ticket to gets off the ride and walks up to me. And before I can tell him how he almost ruined my day, he leans in and blows chunks all over me in my unlicked ice cream cone. But I guess it weren't, I guess, I guess it weren't his fault. <laughs> he, could, <laughs> he couldn't hold it in or nothing. And I hear stories are supposed to have morals. At least that's what my teachers would say. So if I have to give this story a moral, it's this. Don't wait to eat your ice cream while you're on the Ferris wheel or you might end up with chunks in your cone. That's it. The end. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Incredible. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I was, not, I was not expecting that to come at the end because it's, like, it's just like such a nice little story. I was really into the narration and then just... Really good. Yeah, I was I was getting like very, 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 very strong Huckleberry Finn vibes, mm -hmm. as I'm sure you were probably going for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so now, now we are free to critique each other's stories. And right off the top, 
Oh, Sage, you nailed the kid's voice. And I also think you nailed the kid's perspective. So like the way that kids think, the way that kids tell stories. Um, Of course, August Hall, only seven and a half years old. How many stories does he have to tell? But it's interesting, like the kinds of things that kids pick up on when they're telling stories or the things they remember. So like the idea of a kid being at a carnival and remembering that last year he saw a man on stilts. Yes. That's like very, that's so true to how kids like tell stories and remember things. It'd be like, I remember last year when I came to the library, I was five, but now I'm six. So I can read different books. Like it's just, it's this very like sort of weirdly logical way of breaking down what's happening. Um, But yeah, it just, it really felt like a kid telling me a story. Awesome. I also, I really liked the, um, he takes a quick moment just to point out that he is holding the ice cream on a cone, not not just straight in his hands. A very like that's like a very childlike thing, mm-hmm. I, and I really like that. Maybe feel warm inside, um, <laughs> even though it's ice cream cold. Make it warm. <laughs> yes, this is a good point. I'll, I'll go back and add that. <laughs> um, I also you did a very good job at like kind of I don't know like the motifs of how he was speaking. Like he said like kind of similar phrases all the time. Like mm-hmm. just like a very similar vernacular, mm-hmm. um, which made it feel very organic as being like just like the dialect of where he was from um, really, really put me into it. Um, something that I also want to ask you about, Sage. So the sympathetic villain, was it the carnival worker, as we had discussed previously, or was it the kid who almost ruined his day and then actually did ruin his day? So as I started writing and when the time was going down, I, I imagine it being the carnival worker. But then I was like, I can't make him a villain in enough time. Mm-hmm. So I made it this other kid. And I think I had a version. Yes. I had a version where he pol- like the kid politely asked for a ticket and he gave it to him. But I changed it at the last minute to say, like, give me a ticket. And then the narrator was like, OK, why not? It's a very subtle mm-hmm. thing. But I-, I think if I had more yes. time. And of course, a point of like the kid was mean in the way he asked for the ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, I ruined his whole day. But the villain, I guess we ended up on was this. <laughs> this vomiting other child. Yes, because what could be more sympathetic than somebody who's just trying to get through a day at the carnival, but they just cannot keep their food down after going on the Ferris wheel. <laughs> I have many memories of going to carnivals that ended pretty much exactly like that one. <laughs> I, I am curious what this child's idea was to make sure that his, like what kind of a, what kind of a ride was this he was going to get on? What are we talking about? The Ferris wheel. The Ferris wheel. Oh, Ferris wheel. Okay, yeah, he can eat. I was thinking, um, I just, it's pretty funny that being on the Ferris wheel made this kid throw up. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> originally, I was thinking a tilt-a-whirl, which makes more sense. It definitely makes kids vomit. So this yes. kid that rode a Ferris wheel then vomited, what's his deal? It adds another layer of sympathy. <laughs> oh, because yeah. It's like, he, I can imagine him just like, oh, that one looks too scary. That one looks too scary. And then he he sees the Ferris wheel. He's like, this is my ride. All I have to do is sit there. <laughs> now I want to know his story because that, that is a great train. Like, he's looking at all these rides and they're all too scary. And then he's like, this one's safe. There's no one. This one, <laughs> one can go wrong. Little did he <laughs> he know. a ticket even to get on there. Mm hmm. But um, yeah, you kind of put yourself into a catch-22 there, Sage, because the Ferris wheel isn't one that would normally make a kid throw up. And if it was a ride that did make a kid throw up, how is this other kid going to go on there with an ice cream cone? Yes, that's true. But I, like I said, I do think it adds to the sympathy. I, yes. I, I bet it's the Ferris wheel. Yeah. 
any final thoughts about uh, Sage's story, Adam? Or Sage, anything, uh, any final thing you'd like to say about your own story, about the experience of writing it in 15 minutes? Mm. Uh, it was very fun, but I definitely felt the pressure. I was a little stressed there at the end. But you pulled it together. I think if I had a bit more time, I would tighten up some of the uh, <laughs> the edges. Um, I think there was a line in there where the kids, uh, uh, August says, like, I wanted to wait to get on the ride before I ate my ice cream, which doesn't really... <laughs> Uh, but i would want i think i'd want to flesh that out like and i think the reasoning i put in there was like i've never eaten ice cream that high up before but that's not very evident so i'd want (laughs) i'd want to uh, yeah tighten up some of the reasoning but it was a lot of fun it's right it forces you to come up with a plot yes and you did a great job it was very interesting to listen to yes very great performance thank you you're welcome all right jenna let's talk about your story yeah let's talk about my story um a foil Charizard. Awesome. Thank you. Ooh, foil. Is that is that Norton slang? What did you what did you call holographic cards in school, Sage? Uh, I called them holographic. Mm. Oh man. What did you Am call I the foil? Adam just called okay. it a foil card. <laughs> I did just do a quick Google for foil Charizard. Oh no, hollow. That's what I'm thinking. Hollow. I was gonna say that's some Norton slang from the deep, deep woods of Canada. We definitely did call them foil sometimes though, but Whoa. not pokemon cards magic cards <laughs> but same thing <laughs> yeah exactly the same thing um i i enjoyed your story same same as i already said um i liked the kind of first person vibe very personal mm-hmm. um i did notice there's like a distinct lack of like sp- oh yeah <laughs> yeah um everybody was firmly planted on the ground in the story um no one going into orbit nothing taking place um outside of this atmosphere i am sorry about that it was not a rule though to be picky yes (laughs) that's fine i I feel so bad for dustin but i will say i i had a a childhood bully named dustin so it was a very good choice of name i also had a childhood bully named dustin (laughs) what (laughs) hold on a minute are fated to be bullies or like no you don't even be even better if it was the same bully <laughs> he was just like on an intense <laughs> schedule going back and forth um also i've never seen adam and sage in the same room before so i i haven't either <laughs> i do like the idea of an international bully though who's like <laughs> oh listen uh i was gonna whoop you but i do have a flight leaving for canada in a few minutes um can we can we just do this on monday please I'm so sorry. I've got some new magic cards that I do need to go throw in the mud. <laughs> yeah. I can't miss this flight. I'm so sorry. I postponed three times. I feel terrible. Um, he's a he's a very near and dear enemy to me. I do need to be going. Why is Dustin Christopher Walken? <laughs> I don't know. Christopher Walken light. Yeah. Oh my god! I'm, my Dustin. My bully. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't do walking at all. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I. <laughs> <laughs> my name's uh, I'm D- Dustin. <laughs> it's me. No, no, no. I, I, not one of my impressions. I like the reasons people think he's a bully. Is he's he's got a short temper and he's a lot bigger than the rest of us. Like the premise that someone's a bully because they're just intimidating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like the gentle giant. Yeah. He definitely is a definitely sympathetic villain. You hit that on the head. Thank you. Yeah, definitely sympathetic. Given more time, I would have liked to like illustrate where that that like notion came from that the other kids think that but i do think that for the purpose of this story just saying like he's different from the other kids 
it, it does serve the purpose. And I was, I was pleased with that. I actually added that sentence in editing. Yes. I added it afterward. Yeah. Cause I was like, Ooh, I, I don't think I really illustrated why the other kids think that. So I added it in. Very good. Yeah. I think qualifying that is very good or else Dustin might have the like Meg syndrome of like everyone hates Meg on family guy for no reason. Yeah. Oh yeah. Why is everyone so mean to Dustin? He seems very pleasant. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm still reeling from the fact that you both had bullies named Dustin. Do you know like why subconsciously you chose that as his name? Um, I, I went back through kids that I went to elementary school with and I just latched onto the first name of a, of a kid that popped into my head. And I don't even know why it was this kid in particular. We weren't friends, but it was an actual person named Dustin who I, I only know that that was his name. I think maybe he was like getting into trouble a lot, getting called to the office and stuff like that, but he wasn't even in my class. He was in English and I was in French, but uh, yeah. So all three inspired by, I guess all, all three of us have, Dustin's mine is just not that noteworthy. <laughs> Wasn't a bully. No, I don't think so. And he certainly never bullied me. My bully's name was Monica. Ooh. Yeah, not a nice person. Monica. Monica. Monica, if you're listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Monica, we would love to have you on the show. <laughs> um, here's a plot twist. Okay. I, I don't. I don't think this would actually work, but just I think it'd be kind of funny. Mm-hmm. So what's the what's the protagonist's name? Unnamed? Oh, unnamed. So, so protagonist walks over to Dustin. He's like, hey, like, you got, like, Pokemon cards, too. Like, can I see which one you got? And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, sure. And he pulls the cards out. And what's that? Mm, it's a Digimon card. And he's like, you Ooh. get that trash card out of here. I see why all the other kids hate you now. Dustin, what are you trying to pull, man? What are you even... What is that? Get that out of here. What is that? Mm-hmm. So start something of a pop culture war on the playground. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and it just descends into, like, anarchy quickly. Mm-hmm. With more time. Yeah, a plot twist, because the kids that yell at Dustin say, get out of here, you're trying to steal our cards, you bully. <laughs> if at the end, this polite narrator goes up to Dustin and then steals his card, like you don't expect <laughs> He's the thief. Oh. Ooh, but I would have no sympathy for him. But I love that idea, Sage. That's so good. But you can still do that because the sympathetic villain <laughs> is still Dustin. Because he's the one viewed as the villain. Right. <laughs> the, protagonist, the protagonist is just the real, true villain. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he's a very polite narrator. He's very polite in the way he narrates. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, yeah. The polite is is describing the narration and nothing to do with his personal life. Yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> it turns out he's not even a kid. He's just a very very short trading card collector <laughs> who's on hard times. Oh, no. no, I don't like that. Never mind. Scrap that idea. Yeah. I just thought about no that. It doesn't the work. Playground, yeah. Please. It's not good. It's not a good idea. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> All right. Any final thoughts about my story? Very well done. Thank you. I really enjoyed writing it. Yeah, the way you're you're able to get all the dialogue in there as well, and I don't know. I'm impressed by both of your ability to write such like long, good stories that actually have kind of plots and characters, and it's, it's impressive. Thank you. That's very kind. Thank you. All right. We still have one story left oh, on the no. table to dig into. Oh, no. Adam, your story. Yes. Excellent. I loved it. Very enjoyable. Thank you. I'm mm-hmm. glad you liked it. You bordered on like computer talk a few times. Um, on purpose. Yes. That I like, I was worried. I was like, oh no, is this going to lose me? Like, is it going to get too computer-y? But you never lost me. 
Mm. You wrote in a little SQL command at the end there. That speaks yes. to me as a librarian. <laughs> um, <laughs> also love the illustration of Elon Musk as this like controlling father figure who's like, no, <laughs> you can't wear that robot suit out of the house. Look at you. Yeah, I thought I just like added that on the fly because we'd already been talking about Elon Musk. Mm -hmm. I was like, I got to add him now. Yes. Yeah. Something that you may have picked up on so far, Sage, is that like sometimes our like preamble discussion or things that happen to us during the day will kind of end up woven into the stories as well. Mm. Elon Musk, of course, being an example. Right. <laughs> and, it, and it kind of happened with yours, too. I guess it was you, you decided during the discussion. But um, Carnival probably also kind of came from the fact we were talking about this corn thing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. Like there was that, and then there was also the shooting range, but right. <laughs> yeah. Just weaves its way in. Mm -hmm. Yes, it does. Yeah. And you gave a very good performance as the robot. And I hadn't even picked up on um, what Sage was talking about earlier, but like the double robot. So yeah. he's like already a robot, but then there's these other like bold, adventurous <laughs> robotic insertions. Yeah, you turn up really the roboticness. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. I like I have to um, your oh, oh, you go Sage. Well, sorry. So there, there is that difference between like surface level robot and then like ultra robot that you go into. Yeah. Um, and I think you, you did a good job of balancing that where it wasn't too much of uh, the second mm. one. You like peppered it throughout in a way that each time it was surprising and fun. Like the one mm. that got me was the one close to the end. I think you went probably like two or three paragraphs or something without using it. And when you did it again, it hit me again as like a fun punchline. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you did a good job of spacing those out. Yeah, that that happened in the edit. So I wrote it without any of them added in. And then when I was editing, just any of the ones I thought I wanted to like would work for that, I just switched them to bold. Mm -hmm. So that's how I figured out how to do those. Yeah, I think you could have definitely gone down a route where you overused it, but you, you did it. So that's good. I also have to know, was this inspired at all by some audio troubles we may or may not have been having earlier today? It wasn't at first, but as I was writing it, I was like, it, it had to have been on some mm -hmm. subconscious mm -hmm. level. See, I thought for sure that the robotic voice was inspired by Sage's earlier description of us sounding robotic and us also playing with all those robot filters. <laughs> That's what I thought was definitely going on there. Oh, it, it had to have been on some. It was I, bubbling. Yeah. Bubbling up. Mm-hmm. I think I think the main thing I was going for is like um like those automated tellers you get sometimes when you call in mm -hmm. and just the idea of it like th the way I made it very polite obviously was like the fact that it like couldn't hear the other person mm -hmm. and so that's why it was being like so polite so that mm -hmm. was kind of why but it, it had to have been on yeah. some level from yeah. all, all the experiences right before we recorded yeah I also thought that the politeness was evident from just like the tone and the general demeanor okay. of the robot just yeah. seemed like a very calming a very calming person or a very calming presence. Yeah. Which I guess was the point because he's here to entertain you. <laughs> <laughs> and for a limited time only $150, you can get that on a GPS. <laughs> I don't have <laughs> you reading like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, actually, now that I think of it, maybe, maybe not $150. If only one person buys that, that's going to be a whole lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. You have to do a whole GPS. It didn't work as a GPS, though. Yeah. As you're driving, turn left <laughs> onto Westmoreland Avenue. <laughs> Any other final thoughts about Adam's story? I like uh, your use of detail throughout. There's something, I took an improv class once where they made a note to say Heinz over ketchup, which was their way of saying, whenever you can be more specific, be more specific. So don't use the word ketchup, use the word Heinz or like make mm -hmm. it something very specific. And throughout you have kind of very specific punchy words that 
um, kind of brighten up the dialogue or not the dialogue, I guess the whole thing's one voice, but um, just the story in general, like saying, saying something like corn queen is just, it brightens it up for me. Or like even mentioning 4chan is a very specific thing mm-hmm. that elicits um, something very specific. So I thought that was very good as well. Ah, thank you. I didn't even, I didn't even notice that, but now that's a, that's a good tip. I'm going to tuck that mm-hmm. one away. Yes, it is. Heinz over ketchup. Heinz over ketchup. I'll cross-stitch that, put it up on the wall in the studio. <laughs> I'm getting it up as a tattoo. <laughs> oh, that's a bold choice. <laughs> and, but it's going to be, I'm going to get it as like a, a math equation. So it's going to be the word Heinz divided by ketchup. <laughs> and the ketchup will just be a bottle of ketchup. Mm. Mm. Very cryptic. Ooh, can I get sued for copyright infringement if I get if I get a tattoo of a trademark logo? Um, No, maybe the opposite. Maybe you could get a sponsorship deal going. Ooh. Yeah, I feel like they would like that. Yeah. They throw yeah. some money your way, or at least free ketchup. We are out, actually. Yeah. It is on the grocery list, if, so if, that would be really nice. <laughs> if only I ate ketchup. But yes. Heinz, hit me up. <laughs> yeah, but it's a purely selfish request on my behalf because I'm the only one in this house who eats ketchup, so. Mm-hmm. Well, you can have all my ketchup. Oh, thank you. Um, I think it'd be funny if in your story, it all descended into anarchy, and mm-hmm. then that's it. And then it became the story I wrote two weeks ago, which was the war on the playground. Ooh, yes, yes. Sage, a couple episodes ago, Adam wrote about a spitball war that happened uh, on the playground. It was a very dramatic tale. <laughs> there were clutched juice boxes. <laughs> there were fallen comrades. It was a very good story. Yes, I didn't have a lot of like comedic moments in mind. Mine was definitely. Uh, I definitely veered toward the serious. Nah, mm-hmm. I, think, I think that's a good one to go towards the serious in too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if nobody has anything else to say, I believe that brings us to the end of another episode of The Rules, Adam. I think it does too. Mm-hmm. Sage, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for sticking with us through any of the audio troubles that we had. We appreciate it so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was a blast. Yeah. Um, so before we go, where can people find you on the internet? What are you doing right now? Yeah, what's your what's your vine? What's your vine name? <laughs> oh no! Oh, R.I.P. Is that, um, is, that, is that too soon? <laughs> it is. Um, no, I think best place to find me is on Twitter at Sage Boggs. That's where I am most of the time. Mm-hmm. You are very funny there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thank you to Dave and Josiah for providing us with the rules for today. If you have rules you'd like us to use, please send them to us. You can pass them along to us on our Facebook page or tweet them to us. We tweet at the Rules Podcast. More specifically these days, Jenna tweets at the Rules Podcast, and I avoid it. <laughs> this episode has been produced by me, Jenna Noor. And by me, Adam Ganong. Dave Kiney is our marketing mogul, assistant producer, and on-site caterer. And Philip Hall is our sweet, sweet Lily of the Valley. <laughs> Uh, You can find past episodes of the show on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or wherever else you find your podcasts. And if you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. It would mean the world to us. And with that, we are out. Sage Boggs, (laughs) (laughs) writer of comedy.